0: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about the U.K. quarterback situation heading into fall practice. Media Day is on Friday, August the 6th, which means practice is about to begin. The opener is September 4th against Louisiana Monroe. And the number one question going into fall camp, fall camp for Mark Stoops' team is who will be the quarterback, who will be the starting quarterback. Going to have a competition during the fall um, with the can- the top three candidates being Will Levis, the transfer from Penn State, Joey Gaywood, who transferred into U.K. before last season, he transferred in from Auburn, and Bo Allen, the former Lexington Catholic star. On this podcast, we talked to John Sauber of the Center Daily Times, who covers Penn State football, to give us a scouting report on Will Levis. And then after that, I talked with my friend and colleague, Josh Moore, who covers U.K. football for the Herald-Leader. And Kentucky.com, Josh did a series on all five quarterbacks coming into fall practice. And uh, Josh is going to give us an overview of that series. I encourage you to check it out on Kentucky.com. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. First, with my interview of John with John Sauber of the Center Daily Times. He'll give us a scouting report on Will Levis. And after that, we'll talk with Josh Moore of the old leader and Kentucky.com. My guest now is John Sauber of the Center Daily Times. He covers Penn State athletics, Penn State football, and basketball. How you doing, John?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Excited to talk some football today. We're, uh, we're at about that time now.
0: Yes, yes, we are. It's right around the corner. Uh, Kentucky has their media day on Friday. What, what about Penn State? What's their setup?
1: Yeah, we've got uh, we've got media day on Saturday. First practice is Friday. We should be able to watch them practice Saturday. And I'm excited to be doing some of this stuff in person again, too.
0: Yeah, how was the pandemic for you guys covering uh, (laughs) covering Uh, Penns, trying to cover football in Penn State during a pandemic?
1: Yeah, it was it was interesting. You know, you're you're doing all this stuff from Zoom all the time, and uh, I mean, everything essentially was from Zoom. And I hadn't done anything in person until I went to Indianapolis a couple weeks ago for Big Ten Media Days, and that Mm -hmm. was sort of the first time I had seen everyone again. So uh, it it was a it was a crazy ride. You know, stayed safe. Uh, still got to watch games from home. Didn't complain about that as much, but right. also excited back into the stadium.
0: Right. Uh, reason John, I want to have you on was to talk about a, a guy who was Kentucky starts practice. Is the topic of discussion here uh, as far as UK football is concerned, and that's Will Levis, who who transferred from Penn State to Kentucky and will be part of the quarterback competition uh, this fall to try and get the starting job. Uh, just tell us just an overview about Will Levis at Penn State. What 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 do you know about him? What what did he do there? Uh, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So so Will was was the backup for Sean Clifford last year, uh, and took over uh, in the middle of the Nebraska game when Clifford was benched, and then started the Iowa game before uh, he was then benched for Clifford, and the team went back to Clifford for pretty much the rest of the season. Levis still got some spot snaps to run the ball in there, um, but he is. I mean, he is a big, strong, athletic kid, I think, is the first and foremost things that will come to people's mind when you talk about Levis. Uh, he's he's almost like a fullback in the way he runs. Like, he runs with that kind of power. He tries to run through guys. Um, and, and his game is really predicated on running, or at least it was at Penn State. Um, he, you know, he. that's not to say he can't pass. He, he probably had the strongest arm, uh, you know, that, that I've seen in, in a few years uh, here. He could he could launch the football, the problem being the accuracy, you know, and and that is obviously an important part of this. So we'll see if he's able to, uh, you know, develop his accuracy. Uh, I, I think Kentucky with Liam Cohen probably, and you would know more than I, but probably wants to throw the ball a little more coming from that Rams offense. Uh, so I, I I, don't question the, the fit as much as I wonder how it's going to work out. That being said, all of the tools are there. You know, he's he's got the big arm. He's got the athleticism. He has the strength. Uh, the, you know, he puts himself in harm's way, I think, a little too much uh, when it comes to running because he's trying to run those guys over instead of, you know, just going down and avoiding the contact like, like you usually want to see a quarterback do. Uh, but he also doesn't get all that dinged up because he is so strong and powerful.
0: When coming out of high school, when he got to Penn State, what was his reputation? Was he considered to be more of a running quarterback, or was he considered to be he could as a thrower? But they, once he got there, they said, "Hey, his talents are better suited to be a runner." What, what was what was kind of the rep on him coming out of high school?
1: Yeah, I think it was it was about the strong arm, right? It was, yeah. And the athleticism was nice, but it was like an ancillary thing. It wasn't the, the primary reason that schools wanted wanted with Levis. And it was about the arm strength and his, his upside as a passer. Um, and, you know, for several reasons, that, that accuracy never came along. You know, they've, they've had a lot of offensive coordinators in his time that, you know, switched from Ricky Ronnie to Kirk Scirocco at Penn State. And, you know, he never sort of got settled in in a system. And then last year, he... You know, he starts for a game, and then he gets pulled. And then he plays a bunch against Rutgers, but never throws a pass. Uh, so just you know, the the usage at Penn State wasn't wasn't ideal if you wanted someone to develop as a quarterback. Quite frankly, uh, he was he was more of a runner here, and that kind of affected his development. But I would say at the beginning, it was you know this is a big kid with a ton of arm strength that that has the upside to be a starter down the road
0: if he had come back to penn state for this year where would he have fit in the mix
1: yeah i think that's an interesting question you know i I think ever since he left penn state has been trying to add a quarterback james franklin has said as much that he you know he really wanted to they they were looking in the portal and it had to be a, a right the right fit uh and the right kid to compete at quarterback um and i think levis was essentially going to be that guy, right? Like he was going to compete for the starting job. I don't know if he would have beat Clifford out. Uh, I would guess that he would have had a pretty good shot at it if he had a full off season under their new offensive coordinator, Mike Yurcich, uh, especially because of all the tools he brings to the table. Uh, but I think he was going to have a chance to compete for the starting spot. I don't know that he would have won it just because him and Clifford are generally pretty level when it comes to ability. Both, both are better runners than passers. Levis has... Fewer footwork issues, but more accuracy issues. Uh, but I, I do think that there was there was a door for him to sort of win the starting job had he come back.
0: And you mentioned that he got the that Clifford was benched and he got the he was able to start a game, but then he got benched himself. What what caused him to get benched was that accuracy problems or they just not moving the ball on offense. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they, they just weren't moving it against Iowa. So he, he finished that game. He completed 13 of his 16 passes, but it was for 106 yards, right? Like everything was dink and dunk. It was, you know, they weren't really stretching the field. It was, honestly, it was a strange game to watch from from what I remember. It was, it was a lot of like, he had these opportunities downfield, but almost he was being a little timid when, you know, you know he has the arm strength to rip it. Whereas the week prior against Nebraska, when Clifford was benched, I believe it was near the end of the first quarter uh, of that game, you know, Levis came in and was just ripping it, right? He was, you know, he, he was missing more passes, but he was at least making those attempts and trying to move the ball downfield. Uh, was less efficient that week, but but threw for more yardage. I, I just think it was the, maybe the timidness that led to Clifford getting back in there.
0: Were people at Penn State surprised when he announced that uh, he, he was transferring?
1: Um, I, I don't know that, that it was much of a surprise. Uh, you know, I think, anytime you, you have a guy that it, it's, it's all about quarterbacks in college football. Right. And when you right. have, you know, four or five in the room and, and one is like one year behind the starter in eligibility and knows it's going to be a while till he gets a chance, especially with guys getting an extra year of eligibility. Uh, I don't think it was all that surprising. I think they, they probably wanted him to come back, but you know, at the end of the day, he probably wanted to start and, uh, he wasn't going to be as, uh, you know, as as confident uh, that he would be starting at Penn State as, as he would if he transferred elsewhere.
0: John, talk to me about Penn State. I mean, they struggled last year in the, looking from afar that they struggled last year during the pandemic. Of course, there's a lot of probably a lot of reasons behind that with the pandemic. It was a weird year for everybody. Uh, what are the expectations for the Nittany Lions coming into this season?
1: Yeah, and this is this is for Penn State. This is also all about the quarterback. You know, this is uh, this is all about Sean Clifford this year, and I think the expectations are that they take a step forward offensively because of Yurcich, because you know the pedigree of what he did, not only obviously at Shippensburg when Mike Gundy found him, but then at Oklahoma State and he helped build that, that Ohio State and then Texas offense last year. Uh, so I think expectations are higher than they than they would have been had they stuck with Kirk Charaka at offensive coordinator. Um my expectation is that like if they get 10 wins this year that should be considered a success right, right. like this is this is a uh it, quite frankly it's not a great quarterback situation Clifford has to be better than he was last year he has to you know sort of uh, revert to the 2019 version of himself where he was more of a game manager and just getting the ball to his weapons and letting them go because they do have great weapons, you know. Jahan Dotson's one of the best wide receivers in the country. They have a loaded running back room, as they have for, they've had basically since James Franklin got to Penn State. Uh, but but at the end of the day, and this is the case for a lot of a lot of college football teams, it's going to come down to the quarterback play, and you know whether or not Sean Clifford can string together enough good games for them to, you know, have a real chance to maybe bust into the playoff. But my expectation would be, you know, double digit wins and success. Anything less than that hurts. But isn't, isn't necessarily, you know, the, a massive downfall. Anything more than that, I think, is a huge success.
0: What about the – I mean, Kentucky fans are very familiar with James Franklin from his time at Vanderbilt, and then Kentucky played Penn State in the Citrus Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, What's the fan base – are they up or down on uh, James Franklin right now? I know when you're at a school for any length of time anymore, there are times when the fan base is really behind you and the times when the fan base is down on you. How does he sit right now?
1: Yeah, I I think, you know, like anytime you're at a place like four or five years, right, it's going to be split. Right. (laughs) You can can win national title after national title and you're going to find some detractors in that group of people that are just agents for change and want, you know, uh, change to happen. But I think he's generally well regarded right now because, you know, people understand that last year was – was a bit fluky, right? Like they, right. they pride themselves on this family family atmosphere, this family culture, and and when you kind of can't do anything in person, then you know it makes that sort of tough to have. It it's less cohesive and it's less uh, less of a unit. It's more of like all of these guys are by themselves out there. Um, I do think he you know pressure could ramp up if, if you look at like seven eight wins this year that 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 could change things pretty right. quickly. This is a fan base. Uh, whether right or wrong, that has very high expectations for the football program. But I think right now he's he's in a, what I would call a fine spot. Uh, that can obviously change, you know. They they play Wisconsin week one, uh, a very good Ball State game, uh, matchup in week two at home for Penn State, and then uh, Auburn for the whiteout. So like that is not an easy first three, especially with Ball no. State as, good as they are this year. Right. And like. I- I don't think they'll go 0-3, but it's not off the table. Uh, yeah. you know. And 1-2 and, one and two may be the likely outcome there. So things could heat up pretty quickly, uh, and, and the schedule definitely isn't in his favor this year.
0: You, you talked about going to Big Ten Media Day a couple of weeks ago. Uh, obviously, with Texas and Oklahoma making the big announcement leaving the Big 12 to go to the FCC. a lot of talk about further realignment or further con- uh, conference expansion. Uh, what, what's the scuttlebutt on the Big 10? Is the Big 10 looking to expand, you think, or are they going to sit tight and see what happens for the time being?
1: Yeah, I think they're more. I, I think if Jim Delaney were still the Big Ten commissioner, this would have been. Uh, There's a chance that we would be talking about Texas in the Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is that was you know sort of his his forte. That's how he he uh, buttered his bread with with the expansion talks and sort of being ruthless from that perspective. Uh, under Kevin Warren, I it you know it's tough to get a read on it right now. I think they seem content to just let things play out a little bit and see what happens. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the reporting today that the Big 12 and and Pac 12 are are meeting to discuss like some sort of alliance or scheduling alliance or or what what have you. I think that could be of benefit to the Big Ten with the Pac 12, but but if I were the Big Ten, I would I would be trying to expand down the East Coast, maybe steal from the ACC. I would you know consider those those massive Pac 12 schools the you know the USC's, the Oregon's, the Washington's of the world, because quite frankly the getting Oklahoma and Texas is as big of a get as you can you can have right now for the SEC. Like, right. the Big Ten is not going to be able to match it, but I think they need to try to keep pace. Uh, and I, it seems like right now they're sort of sitting on their hands and letting it play out. But, but man, that is not the action I would be taking if I was in charge. I would, you know, this is going to turn into an arms race, I think, and, right. and you do not want to be caught uh, left
0: behind. No, I think you're I think you're right, especially, you know, a lot of people think, and I think it could end up that way where you end up with 416 team uh, four leagues with 16 teams and you want to make sure you get the right 16 (laughs) or the best 16 that you can get
1: you don't want to be stuck out in kansas and iowa state at the last second
0: that's right uh that's right uh well uh, one more thing before i let you go what about the big 10 races at ohio state and everybody else or is anybody there including penn state who could maybe challenge ohio state
1: yeah i think it's going to come down to and I, I hate to keep going back to this, but for Penn or for Ohio state, it's also about the quarterbacks, right? right. Like they are uh, you know, basically everything everywhere all the time, but at quarterback for them, it's always going to be a big deal. Uh, especially when you have unproven guys currently on the roster, um, getting Quinn Ewers on campus. I think it uh, recently is very interesting. I don't yeah. know that it's <laughs> all that much. Uh, it's, it's tough to be an 18 year old kid and go and start at Ohio state right away. Right. Uh, But I do think that they're probably head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. And then you're talking about, you know, Wisconsin, Penn State, uh, you know, that sort of tier. And in Indiana, of course, I don't want to leave them out. They've they've been fantastic and have their quarterback coming back, which is obviously helpful in Michael Penix. But, yeah, I think I think generally you're looking at Ohio State, a, a pretty clear line of demarcation and then everybody else at this point.
0: Back to Will Levis for a second. Okay, bottom line, if Will Levis ends up the starting quarterback at Kentucky for the opener, will you be surprised or will you be surprised if he's not the starting quarterback?
1: Um, I, I don't know that I'll be surprised either way because yeah. I think the the talent is there. Like I said, you know, and if if Liam Cohen is as good of an offensive coordinator as you know he is, his resume would suggest, you know, uh, coaching with the Rams and everything. I think he might be able to unlock something with Levis, and if that's the case, then you know the the sky's sort of the limit with the tools he possesses. It's just a matter of unlocking it. So I don't know that I'll be surprised. Uh, either way but but if he wins it I would say I would say that they've probably found something with him and if he doesn't then I would say it probably was status quo and that being said even if it is status quo for him he does have a chance to start because he is an excellent runner like legitimately one of the one of the better running quarterbacks uh, in the big 10 last year so I do think there is still you know some upside with him.
0: It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, and it'll be interesting to see uh, Penn State, uh, how they bounce back from last year. Uh, John, tell the listeners how they can find you online, how they can follow you on Twitter, and uh, where they can find your uh, coverage.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, at John Sauber. It's J-O-N-S-A-U-B-E-R. Uh, you know, you can find all of our stuff at CenterDaily.com. We actually have a, a Penn State Athletics podcast called The Lions Lair. You su- can subscribe to that. But, you know, Twitter is always going to be the best place to reach out to me if anyone wants to talk more about Will Levis. Uh, but yeah, uh, centerdaily.com, you can find all of our all of our stuff leading into the, the football season
0: here. Well, that's great, and I, we really appreciate uh, your viewpoint and catching us up to speed on Will Levis, and uh, maybe we'll be talking to you again during the season.
1: Hey, that sounds good to me.
0: I'll always come on. Well, great, John. Appreciate you having, having you on. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, my thanks to John Sauber of the Center Daily Times, and we'll be right back with Josh Moore of the Lexington Arrow Leader in Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is friend, colleague, UK football beat writer, Kentucky dot com, Lake Scenario leader, Josh Moore. How's it going, Josh?
2: I'm um, well, John. I'm back on a, you know, back from my latest vacation, and uh,
0: yeah, yeah, media work, days, work. and then you went went on vacation, right?
2: Yeah, I went down to the COVID uh, hotbed, Florida.
0: <laughs> well, you went to you went to another COVID I bed before that, right? Alabama for yeah, SEC awesome. media. You're making the COVID tour, aren't you?
2: <laughs> yeah, thank uh, thank goodness for vaccines.
0: Yeah, right. So, right. You got to be careful. I know a lot of people with break. I know I've got relatives who have uh, breakthrough. Not close rel. Well, well, not relatives who live here in Kentucky. I have relatives who have got vaccinated and still got the um, still tested positive, but uh, only one of them got. Uh, I wouldn't say really sick, but got sick, but not sick enough that he had to go to the hospital or anything like that. So uh, so you got to be careful. So, okay, let's, uh, real briefly, let's talk about SEC uh, media days. I know that was a couple of weeks ago, but um, uh, what, what was your one big takeaway from SEC uh, football media days?
2: As far as Kentucky goes, um, you know, I thought Stoops was Stoops. <laughs> you know, it was – you know what and for you know, for our purposes this can be kinda of boring, I think, you know, from the standpoint of he's not as flamboyant as some of the other people in the league or other coaches in the league or right. or as quote. But uh, you know, he's steady though. Right. He's he you kinda of know what to expect. So um you know, I did think some of his uh you know, again on the kind of the COVID topic, I mean the biggest thing as far as you know, notable for Kentucky was the you know, the fact that they're they're still kind of struggling, it sounds like, with getting guys on board with the vaccination process. And, uh, you know, that could present issues down the road, depending on how that all plays out as far as the testing and stuff. So um, that's something certainly we'll have to monitor as we get through camp. And um, I just saw, actually, about, I guess it's been about an hour ago now, um, Chris Rodriguez, you know, was publicly sending messages out there on Twitter that he'd been vaccinated and using their, uh their slogan uh, for the team, uh, you know, so I wonder starting to wonder if it's sort of a, you know, cause it sound, I mean, the impression I got from his messaging was uh, he maybe didn't even necessarily, you know, it, it was a decision he struggled with a little bit to, to get the vaccine, uh, Chris. So it was, you know, good to see though, that that was the choice he came to and, yeah, <laughs> you know, was willing to share that with people because I think having a guy that, out there that's you know an all SEC caliber player um, putting that out there publicly, I think it might encourage other guys on the team to get help get them where they need to be.
0: Right, right, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, hopefully, he'll be the set example for the other players, like you say. Yeah we, yeah, we are he, recording this, by the way, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. So, yeah, so he he, he tweeted this out just a little, er, or a little earlier this afternoon.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, you know again, probably it's uh, probably about one o'clock Tuesday yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, And he was a guy, you know, that had to sit out some games because of, you know, right. it was. He said you know, that he, in, he,
0: tw- in his, in his uh, thread there, didn't
2: he? Right, yeah. And I, you know, I don't know if he ever said if he had COVID or if he was just like a contact-traced guy, right. but. No, he's now you know now he'll he'll get to play like there won't be right. any you know I think to get sick
0: but right. so. yeah. Well, well, Josh, I wanted to talk to you about, because uh, uh, the other part of this podcast, I talked with uh, John Sauber of the Center Daily Times about Will Levis, and because quarterback is obviously the big question going into fall camp, who Kentucky's quarterback is going to be. And you have uh, recently uh, done a series about making the case for all the quarterback candidates who are uh, going into fall camp. Um, just I want you to talk, just talk a little bit about that series and what did you learn doing that series? because you also you didn't just do it based on on yourself. You talked to some local media members about their thoughts on it too. what what, what did you learn? what what what's your takeaway from the series? I encourage everybody to check it out on kentucky dot com.
2: Yeah, it was, you know, I mean, I, the, you know you you start with Levis because I think. You know, I, I, it's the, the general vibe <laughs> among everybody, even, you know, the, the other um, participants in this. And a big thanks to all those guys. that were uh, – it was fun reading all their stuff um, and then and, and what, you know, kind of their thoughts on the matter was, was, you know, he's kind of the – seems like the guy, you know, for better or worse in terms of, you know, just – the stars aligning for him but, you know, as far as like, he was the, the recruit that the incoming coordinator kind of picked to bring in. He was the uh, um, you know he 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 sort of physically fits the bill in terms of what we think Cohen will want at, at that position. He uh, he you know, I, you know my, I, I think what 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 really um, gets me is it's it, the more you think about it and the more you read about Will Levison. Uh, a lot of it's going to boil down to, I think, how fast does he fit in in terms of the, the team? How fast and or how quickly does he, um, g- you know, grasp the concepts? And is this something, you know, because he's been studying this stuff, you know, through the spring, over Zoom, doing things on his own? But, you know, you still got to develop rapport with people, and you know, if it comes down to it, if it's if you're really splitting hairs between him and Gatewood, because I think Joey Gatewood, I mean, I think Joey Gatewood is, you, you could say that a lot of the same things, at least from what we've seen from both players up to this point, they really seem like the same player in a lot of ways. So does it come down to the guy that has been around and has, you know, been in some wars with these guys that he's playing with, or the guy that, the you know, you know, the new coordinator handpicked and, uh, you know, recruited back when he was originally coaching in college <laughs> and and has a relationship with. So I, I, that'll be fascinating because, uh, you know, I don't not to rule Bo Allen out, but I think he probably is a a, a you know, the third option, you know, when you at least going into fall camp right. and it's really going to come down to those two guys and and how that decision gets made down the stretch, I think. Will be something that, you know, one, I think it may go into the final week of the preseason, you know, before anybody's named or or, or what have you. And, and we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, that's, you know, to me, just, just reading, because again, so much of what you read about both guys, it, it reads it like the same. You know, they both have, have not shown much as, as far as, you know, the passing game goes. <laughs> They're both. Uh, you know just built like rocks you know built <laughs> you know built like um dudes that that you don't want to mess with you know tight ends <laughs> like right. so it, it'll be fascinating to see how they can separate themselves
0: right talk talk a little bit about the other guys that you uh, uh, that you profiled or or that you made the case for uh on kentucky dot com uh, the other quarterbacks in the mix. Yeah, you talked yeah. about You talk a little bit about Bo, and then there are a couple others as well.
2: Yeah, Bo is obviously. I think you know the thing with Bo is he's the he's the guy that you know fans want to see play probably more than anybody on the roster, just because he's from Lexington. He's he's a recruit that you know it's 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 important to remember when you talk about this this quarterback stuff that he's you know he's he is a. Redshirt freshman. Well, actually, I think Kentucky lists him as a sophomore in the roster. That's a whole other thing. We can get into that at some point down the road about how, <laughs> how some, yeah, right, listed as sophomores or whatever. But um, you know, technically a redshirt freshman, his second year in the program, played a couple snaps last year in a different offense that, and looked pretty good. I mean, I mean you could, you know, again, he played fewer snaps than Joey did, but I, I would argue that Bo actually looked like the better quarterback last season um, between the two you know again it was a, a fraction of the snaps that Joey had so it's maybe not fair to, to compare right. but he you know he, he will he will have an opportunity I don't think that opportunity is necessarily going to be this year as, as far as being the starter but I think he's a I think he is in the long-term plans for this program just because he, he was you know very coveted for a long time he's a guy that you know, I think at least one recruiting service had him as a four-star quarterback. Um, and just because he didn't come in and play right away doesn't mean he's a bad player. And I, I think that's uh, – and not that – I don't think anybody's out there saying he's a bad player, but I think people look at young quarterbacks like that, especially a local guy, and think, well, why isn't he out there starting? You know, <laughs> it's – you know, because he's not a five-star. He's not – he's not uh, <laughs> you know, some of these guys that come in and play for Alabama or Oklahoma or some of these other programs that, yeah, they're recruiting five-star quarterback. There's a reason these kids can come in and start as true freshmen. You know, they're they're as good as it gets. They're literally the number one recruit in the country, quarterback, any recruit. So um, you got to keep that in mind when you're sort of making those comparisons. Like, you know, not a lot of people do, but some people do. And, you know, I think so. I think as far as Bo goes, you know, that's the case there for him Is is just – you know he is a guy that's been in the program, and you know that's one of the. I I do think he's a different, you know, kind of player. It is definitely in terms of build compared to Levison Gatewood, and maybe gives you some different dimensions in turn I think he's. A, you know he doesn't. I don't think get enough credit for just being a, a good runner. I wouldn't say he's super athletic, but he can run, um, and 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 can make good decisions in that aspect of the game. His last season at Catholic Lexington Catholic, I believe he led the team in rushing and he definitely led them in rushing touchdowns, but I'm pretty sure he led them in rushing. So, you know, he, he's a dude that can run and make those decisions as well. I, I think, you know, you're really, I do think at the top there, you know, regardless who comes out in the, in the, in the winter circle between Levis and Gatewood um, and, and Allen, if you want to include him there, I, I think you're going to have a pretty deep three in, in terms of, you know, your quarterback depth chart. And, and that'll be something, you know, I think you can feel better about where UK is this season in that regard than really the last several seasons. Uh, certainly since I've been covering the team, it seems like. So right. <laughs> so that's a pop no matter who comes out on top. And and then from there, you know, anybody that's following the team knows Nick Scalzo's situation. Uh, you know, I think that's just I, – I, I'm still honestly – be frank I'm confused as to why he's still on the team <laughs> not to not you know nothing against Nick Scalzo if, he, mm-hmm. if this is where he wants that's terrific and, and good for him because um, you know you come to a team and you know you do a lot of things and, and you 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 know you make friends I mean there's plenty of reasons to want to be at Kentucky if you're Nick Scalzo but I don't know that playing time is ever going to be in his future um mm-hmm. uh, especially at quarterback. And and he he reminds me, it's really, you know, it, it's Walker Wood 2.0 really with Nick Scalzo, because he's, it's a lot of the same stuff injured, you know, dealt with surgeries. Um, suddenly, you know, guys are coming in and getting, you know, they're getting transfers and they're, they're just in a better spot to play than he is. And, you know, you just look literally everything we're writing about Nick Scalzo were the same things we were writing about Walker Wood. So it's uh, and they're and they're very similar players, six foot tall, and 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 you know more more of a run first dual threat top guy. So, um, so you you know he's there for some good depth and and whatever. But I don't know that he's – I would say of the five scholarship quarterbacks, he's certainly the guy that's probably least likely to play any snaps for Kentucky this season.
0: Right. Um, right.
2: Right. And that leads. And that leaves, you know, Kaya, the freshman. And right. again, going to what I was saying about the, you know, <laughs> true freshman quarterbacks in the SEC, it's you know, Kai Sharon, yeah, he's a good true freshman quarterback. Um, but he he's not a five star stud coming in there built like a man. You know, he needs to put on weight and he has a frame. He has a good frame. He's tall. I think he's six four, know, or at least listed at six four and you know, he's and he's a, you know and he wins. I, I think the thing that with Kaya that's very um, why well, I think he will be successful down the road is he, he is a winner he played in a really good high school program that um, has had a lot of success and led them to their first state title and in, in very memorable fashion I was there in the end zone as they uh, you know made the he made the winning touchdown pass and to walk off and win that game and it was very impressive and then he he's a you know just makes a lot of good decisions throws the ball well and I think he'll definitely be in the mix down the road but again it's just that's a lot to expect of a you know unless you're a just a special caliber of athlete to expect an SEC uh you know true freshman in the SEC to come in and be a starter right away
0: right and yeah but I mean uh, if I remember correctly wasn't uh Cohen pretty complimentary of him uh, in the spring
2: Yeah, he was, and I think – you know, and I certainly – I do think he'll get his fair streak, and we'll get – and like I said, I think he'll be, you know, he'll he'll be number four on the depth chart, and maybe, you know, maybe he beats out Bo, too. I mean, that's, you know, certainly not impossible, Um, and and which would be very impressive. I mean, if you come in, if we go into the – you know, it'd be interesting to see, because last year, the last couple years, they've listed three quarterbacks a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I wonder – I think it would be interesting if, if they were to only list a couple guys, then that to me almost would make me wonder if Kaya did pass Bo, you know, mm-hmm. like because you would think that would be the reason, right? That you know, to they wouldn't want to, you know,
0: make a whole uh, whole whole lot of that, yeah, right,
2: right. If you list Kaya third and Bo's not listed, well, then that then it becomes a story. Suddenly you've got a quarterback controversy
0: over your third string quarterback.
2: <laughs> yeah, over your third string, so. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we'll get a chance to talk to these guys on Friday with uh, uh, Media Day. It's UK Football Media Day. Uh, we'll have plenty of coverage after that. Uh, anything in particular that you're going to be looking for uh, on Media Day on Friday?
2: I'm just really, you know, one, I'm excited. This will be our first opportunity to talk to a lot of guys right. for, uh, for the first time in some cases and for the first time in person in, you know, two years. I mean right. since you know, since COVID began. You know, the last time we talked to anybody, you know, you know, there's there's a couple guys we've seen in person, right? Darren Kennard, Josh Allen, you know, dudes that are just very well great speakers and all SEC players and, and guys that, you know, we know um, are gonna play a lot. And outside of those couple guys, it's really been, you know, I, I saw Wandell uh Robinson and carrington Valentine at um, Keontae Goodwin's commitment ceremony and talk to them a little bit, you know, just chit chat. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, only time, you know, Darren right. Kennard and John are the only two players I've talked to in person um, in more than you know a, almost two years now. So it's a uh, it'll be fun to just see a lot of faces and and get to uh, know some of these new guys a little bit and and to also see and you know, going going back to the COVID thing, I think you know Mark Stoops will be. Asked about that again and where that's going, if we can get an update on that. And, you know, I think, you know, it'll just be fun um, to, to just be in that setting once again, you know, something that's, you know, not to not to uh, <laughs> or anything, but, you know, to, to just be in a media environment that's a little more uh, normal.
0: Yeah, no. We're I think we're all looking forward to that. So we'll have plenty of coverage out of Media Day on Friday. Like I said, be sure and check out uh, Josh's series on the quarterbacks. He makes a case, kind of go, does a deep dive on uh, all five of the quarterbacks. So UK will have in camp uh, on uh, coming up here. When when is the first practice? That's Do a good question.
2: Uh, I mean, so Media Day's Friday. I think they usually, you know, some at least. Some years they will practice that day, so maybe day is after they. uh, Or the first practice is after
0: later that afternoon.
2: Um, I know fan day Saturday. That's something that I'm sure some people are looking forward to, or at least you know, at least it's they announced that it's going to be Saturday. I haven't seen any other details released about it. We're as of three days away, so we'll see Uh, how that's
0: uh, how that goes are trying to finalize all that how they're going to do fan day so yeah look for look on kentucky.com as soon as we get more information on that we'll have that on there as well Josh will uh follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Moore hl and check out all his work at kentucky.com and uh, Josh will be talking we'll be talking to you a bunch during the football season and we'll be talking to you again soon
2: oh yeah and look uh you know we should uh will we'll, we'll we'll be talking a lot in the next few weeks I think as the you know as Absolutely. the gets going and you know breaking down some of the these position groups and right. all this nitty stuff for people that uh, you know are into are the nerds like us that like <laughs> this
0: stuff <laughs> that's right that's right we'll have plenty for the nerds for our fellow nerds so that, that'll be great so okay josh thanks a lot appreciate it
2: it's always fun john thank you
0: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay podcast. My thanks to John Sauber of the Center Daily Times and Josh Moore of the Herald Leader and of the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Be sure and check out their work. We want to thank everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com and encourage you to get a sports only subscription, the Sports Pass subscription to Kentucky.com. You get every story. Every sports story posted at Kentucky.com. That's all of our UK football coverage with Josh, our UK basketball coverage with Jerry Tipton, UK recruiting with Ben Roberts, our high school coverage with Jared Peck, and columns by Mark Story and myself. It's $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter feed. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Go to the top, the pinned tweet tells you all about the Sports Pass digital subscription. Click on that. That'll give you take you right to where you can sign up. Or you can just go to Kentucky.com. Hit on the subscription tab and check out all of our offers for digital subscriptions to kentucky.com or print subscriptions to the Lexanero leader. And like I said, we really appreciate everybody who supports our work. We also, I also really appreciate everybody who supports this podcast. And you can support this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Tune in, our radio podcasts and Google podcasts. Thanks to everybody who's left a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really helped, helps get the word out. Like I said, we're, UK's football has their media day on Friday. We'll have plenty of coverage from of that on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader, especially in Sunday's edition. So look for that. We'll have more podcasts coming up as we ramp up into the 2021 college football season. Like I said, UK's opener is September 4th at home against Louis. Louisiana Monroe. Again, my thanks to John Sauber of the Center Daily Times and Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald Leader, and my thanks to everybody for everybody for listening. We'll be talking to you again soon.